Join me on my journey as I explore wealth in all areas of life. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucrative Society. Welcome, my friends. This is a very special edition of The Lucrative Society because what I'm going to start doing is introducing you to some of the members of the Lucrative Society. They've all got really cool things going on, and I'm excited to spread the word about that and for you to get to know them, some of the people in my community. So on today's episode, welcome Sandy Rosenthal. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Mindy, for having me on. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I'm super excited about this conversation because you and I have talked a lot recently about some of the things that you have coming up, some of the things that you are wanting to do. And I'm like, holy cow, this is amazing stuff. So let's spread the word. Let's talk about who you were before I met you and who you are now. And you're smiling. I know the listener can't see you, but (laughs) you're starting to laugh. So can you describe a little bit of your life back in the day? Sure. So who I was before I met you? Well, I was in corporate uh, business, working for a restaurant company, major restaurant company. And I was one of those kind of tightly wound, really pent up, didn't sleep, crazy, multitasking person where I thought the whole world kind of revolved around me if I didn't answer all my emails, that I was a failure. If I couldn't solve a problem quick enough, I wasn't doing my job well. I always had that looming threat of that if I didn't do everything perfectly every single minute of every day, that I would just, you know, everything would fall apart. That is who I was. Oh, and I didn't breathe. That was the other part. Yeah. Okay. Explain what you mean by <laughs> didn't breathe, because people will be like, well, what do you mean? You're, you're always breathing. Yeah, well, one of the exercises you had me go through when I first met you was pairing up with a couple of people, and uh, one of them I knew, and one of them I kind of didn't, and the first thing that that person said to me was, you need to breathe. I'm like, I'm freaking breathing. You know, everybody breathes, just like you said, and she said, no, you need to slow down and be intentional, and I had no clue what that meant, and I, at that point, after, after she got me through all of that, I think I was holding my breath for like six years <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, cause you need to breathe through your nose. We can't be a bunch, a bunch of mouth breathers. It makes you feel good, which I just didn't know that. I just thought, you know, it's something you do unconsciously. You breathe in order to live, but when you breathe intentionally, and especially if there's things that are crazy, especially, you know, COVID and work and all this stuff, when you breathe, it's amazing what opens up for you. So that was one of many things that I was taught when I uh, became part of your tribe. And it's really opened up my world. So what initially got you interested in this kind of work? Personal development, business development, all the things that we talk about all the time. Well, I was really into personal development when I was much younger, in my early 20s. You know, the whole Tony Robbins thing, all sorts of stuff, reading his books, I went to an event, you know, back then podcasts weren't really big, classes that I wasn't aware of, it wasn't in my world were really big. And then just life happened. I got so involved in my career, taking care of my family and friends, and just go, go, go. And I lost it. 
I didn't realize in order to be better at all those things, you needed to develop yourself. It was really strange, just something weird. I was sitting in a dental hygienist chair and a, it turned out to be a common friend of ours, which didn't know at the time. And she had been cleaning my teeth for the umpteenth time. And she just had this energy, this glow. She was so happy. And I mean, she's a happy person anyway, as common friend of ours, Elaine, but she was really happy and I could feel it. And I'm like, what is going on? And she told me that she was becoming a coach. She was going to school. And that just sat with me for a while, almost, almost a year, just shy of a year. And I was like, read up a little bit on coaching, still wasn't exactly sure what it was, but I decided to call her up and I said, hey, if you were to do this again to get training, who would you go to? And she said, Mindy Kniss. And I'm like, okay. And that's how I got to you was I looked you up on the website and it was awesome. Our first conversation was great and you were very welcoming and took your time with me, which I think was important <laughs> and uh, didn't scare me off with this, but I was really interested because that's all I did my whole corporate career, people and my friends too, but a lot of coworkers are coming to me with their problems and I was helping them work through them. And I'm like, Hmm, that'd be kind of fun to do. And as I kept growing in my corporate career, I ended up having people having to report to me. And I ended up talking more to them about their personal life and how to grow than actual work. You know, we threw a little bit of work in there to make sure we could, you know, expense the lunch. But, you know, it was always about their family, their friends, some struggles they were going through. And, you know, when you're going through and you're helping people through their regular lives, you know, their real lives, the stuff that's really important, their work life all of a sudden falls into place and they produce and they're productive and they're happy. So it was very intriguing. Yeah, it is all connected. Can we talk a little bit about sleep? <laughs> sleep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What would you like to talk about? <laughs> that you need it? <laughs> we, we all do need it. And I would love specifically for you to talk about your views on sleep uh, back in the day versus now. Sure. Because <laughs> this is the first thing I remember about you. Being, you were like, I don't sleep. Yeah. Like, well, I am not going to work with you then. <laughs> yeah, you were, you, yeah. And you'd already taken my money and that was one of the pre-wrecks. I'm like, I sleep, but I don't sleep a lot. I think I was sleeping back then. I think it was like three hours a day if I was lucky, three to four. And you literally said, not talking to you until you move it up. And you weren't like from three to eight. You're like, you need six. And I'm like, five. And you're like, six. I'm like, all right. So it took me, it took me a few weeks, but it was amazing the difference. I was calmer. I was not just feeling better, I could articulate better and could handle more things coming my way. Like I really thought I was invincible and superwoman when I was multitasking and taking care of family stuff. And, but I realized again, that's when I realized I wasn't breathing. Sleep, it's a wonder drug. <laughs> it really is. I really think that should be the first prescription. Don't you agree? I mean, you taught it to me, so I'm thinking you agree. 
Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. But the problem is it's free. So people can't make money on telling you to sleep. I am like, I already have your money, so go sleep. <laughs> yes, and it was the best money spent. And what's funny is you can make money off of sleep because if you sleep, you get more creative, which and then turns to ideas, which and then turns into whatever you want it to be, climbing the corporate ladder, becoming an entrepreneur, whatever it is, it actually helps you make money. Yep. It's, yeah. uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> so thank you for that. I definitely wanted to add that into the conversation because I just love the distinction of where you were and where you are now, most especially in regard to sleep. So let's talk a little bit about the Lucrative Society. How long have you been a member of this program? I think I'm an OG, pretty close. So June 2018, I think, was yeah, when we started. Yeah, the very beginning, the OG. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And in that time, you've you've come to a bunch of different heart path retreats. You were just here in Sedona with me at a recent retreat that we did, and you have such a cool dream that you want to create. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I'd love to. I would love, my, my dream is to train dogs to help veterans, particularly female, women vet, veterans, because even when you and I were talking, when I was telling you the idea, the first thing you, you told me about that kind of popped into your head was that it was a male. And I think that's what everybody thinks of. You know, the commercials are starting to include more female veterans in there, but I think it's super important to not leave them out. I love dogs. It's my happy place. Even though I don't have one right now, I will travel to my friend's house in Seattle to go spend time with their dogs. I mean, last year in 2019, I went six times to spend time with the dogs. Yeah, you were and there a lot. I was, yeah. It, it just soothes me. It completely soothes me. I'm in my happy place. I get more sleep. I breathe. I just love it. And I think to combine my love of dogs with giving back and helping veterans, whatever level, I haven't thought all of that out yet, but, you know, to train them to help whatever a veteran needs, even if it's just to calm them down and be, be you know, a companion. Why is that important to you, the, the veteran aspect? Well, Almost every man, basically every man that I know in my family, I was born a lot later, so I didn't know a lot of them, but my grandfather, both my grandfathers, my father, all my uncles, my brother-in-law have all been in, not just in the military, but in a war from wow. World War I to Vietnam. And it's really important for me to give back in that way. My ultimate dream is to do, because I want to do corporate coaching, and actually work with companies and have them actually pay for the dog. I train it while I'm giving their teams coaching. And then they, they also, it's kind of like a partnership that they, cause it's expensive. I'm not gonna lie. It's a lot of money to train a dog and not every dog is perfect for that. So you go through quite a few dogs. Uh, yeah, Sean and I had a dog that was not perfect for that. <laughs> we, were, we were trying to train to become a service dog that he was like, no, I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, you, you said something very powerful to me at our recent retreat. You said, I've been writing down this same thing 
And just to give a little bit of background, I give an activity at HeartPath every year where I look at, you know, what are you talented in? What are you passionate about? What are some of the needs of the world? Because my whole thing, as all the listeners know, is like, let's do more good in the world, but we need to utilize our own skills, talents, passions, all of that to be able to serve out in the world. So you had written this same thing. I didn't even know this, but you were writing the same thing every year when you came back to HeartPath. Can you talk a little bit about the resistance or, or why it was kind of this ongoing thing that just once a year you would write down? <laughs> sure. Resistance is huge. I just resist a lot of stuff that kind of comes my way or that I create in my mind and I write it down and I just resist that I think I can't make it happen. I, my life, while some people might look at it as it was kind of a different kind of life because I was in facilities, a male dominated thing. I took workshop instead of home ec when I was a really young kid. Um, so it's always been, you know, played softball with the boys, all that. Well, people might think that that was an easy thing to do. For me, things have flowed pretty easily. And when I write something down that I really, really want, and I didn't really notice that I had written it down all three for three years, four years. I think I had it in something else in there the first year with that, but the last three years for sure, it was, it was the line, all the connections. Um, I just, resistance is, is something I'm still working on. Well, you and, and the rest of it. I, I know, <laughs> I know, but it's just, it's funny. And I, I think until a couple of weeks ago when we were in Sedona, it really hit me how hard, why am I resisting this? This is something I definitely can do. And with the retreat, I realized there, you know, that night, I can do this. Now there's still resistance, of course. I'm like, what? But here's something really cool that I think I told you, but I'm not sure. A friend of mine is getting, probably getting a new job in the doggy world. And all those connections that they're going to have, it's kind of like all this stuff is just keeps pointing at me of go and do this because how I said before, my, work, my life, it kind of flowed really well and things wasn't really resisting. I just kind of went with the flow. Here's another thing the universe is sending to me that is part of my flow. So yes. why, am I, why am I resisting? So I'm still noodling on. I'm still noodling on the resistance part because I still think it's really important to figure out why you are resisting because it shows up in other parts of other areas of your life. But I'm very excited about it and looking forward to starting this new path. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to you starting this new path as well. If for no other reason than just to get new stuff on your paper when you come back to <laughs> my <laughs> yeah. retreat, so it's not the same thing again and again. You know, and there is that question about, well, why am I doing this? And sometimes the best way to answer that is just to do it, you know, not to worry about all of the little details, intricate little things going on in our brain, because you may or may not even be able to figure that out, but just being able to, to step forward into that and, and do something. So what feels different about it now? My confidence. And, and as, right as you were just saying that, something kind of hit me. When I became a facilities person, I didn't even know what that word meant. And I just did it because somebody said either that or 
you need to find another job. And at the time of the company I was with was a very cool company. I bled its colors. I loved it. Like, of course, I'll just do it. I just literally jumped. And it's funny how when you were saying that, I'm like, yeah, why aren't I just jumping here? I've jumped all my life, including, you know, really jumping out of an airplane. Why? What is going on? So, yeah, the resistance thing is interesting. But now I'm like, I'm just going to jump because that's what I've done all my life. Yes. Yes. It's I love how Abraham Hicks talks about this when they say it's like you're just not keeping up with you you and yourself, you've just yeah. jumped, you know, you've just jumped out of an airplane. You've just jumped into this facilities career when you're like, I don't even know what that is, but you're not even keeping up with yourself because in this case, you've got all the resistance of holding you back. So I, I love that way of talking about it because I'm like, Oh, I'm already there. <laughs> I've already done the thing. I just need to do it again or in a different aspect of life. So I, I love that so, so much. Now, one of the things that I mentioned about this particular type of episode, these society spotlights, is that I want to give all of my members a chance to ask me a question. Now, for the listener, I don't know what these questions are. I've not heard it yet. I don't know anything about it. I just prepped them by saying, you'll have a chance to ask me a question. So what is your question for me? So, Mindy, my question for you is just real kind of light, but what has been your happiest moment in 2020 and why that is a phenomenal question because 2020 has been so whack (laughs) it's been this really wild year so let me consider that my happiest moment in 2020 i'm trying to think back through my calendar in my brain what all has gone on and really i what i'm landing on is being at that retreat with you ladies. Because of course we had stopped all the live events, you know, everything was going virtual and you all came to Sedona. This was just a few weeks ago. And that was one of the first things I said. I'm like, we're we're live in the same room. (laughs) That's true. Right? I mean, it was we were all safe. We were all healthy. So, you know, if anyone's freaking out about that, it's all good. That truly having that opportunity and because to me, and you know this, but it bears repeating is the greatest joy to me is being able to witness someone else's transformation. And there were so many experiences during that weekend for all of you where it's like the light bulb goes on and there's a little glimmer in your eye and your face lights up and me getting to see that I'm like yes go <laughs> this is so fun so I would I would have to say that it was that retreat that was my most happy and that is why too because getting to having the opportunity to do the work as coaches as we both do it is so much more than Like, oh, it's a profitable endeavor. Well, great, you know, cool. I can pay my bills. That's awesome. But the bigger, bigger element of it is what are we all doing and how can we wake up to more of our own potential, our own possibilities? Uh, Like you had, you know, writing down these dreams and now actually having plans in place to make them happen. So, yay. (laughs) That's great. I feel the same way, I have to say. That was a happy moment for me too. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. 
<laughs> I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. I totally appreciate your time, you sharing with my larger audience. Uh, I also appreciate that you are one of the OGs and you've been in since the very beginning of the Lucrative Society. That is so awesome to me. And I say, let's have another one of these conversations on my podcast when we can check in and see how some of the progress is going toward this dog and veteran experience that you are going to create. I would love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This is so exciting. It's my first interview podcast. So yay. What? what? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're one, awesome. another first with you, which, you know, is awesome. Pushing with tough love, but pushing. And I love it. That's can what you I talk, love. Can you just talk to me about that tough love for a sec? Because I, I want a lot of people, let me tell you this, a lot of people online they maybe see something I post on Facebook or maybe they knew me through Sean and don't actually know me. They have this funny idea of who I am and they say things like, Oh, like you're so sweet. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or Oh, you're like this woman that I just did her podcast. She's like, Oh, you're just an angel. And I'm like, I, I don't think you know me. <laughs> so can you, you use the word tough words, tough love. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. You set your boundaries, which is a great example for all of us. Something, another thing I learned from you. Perfect example is you wouldn't work with me until I got some sleep because you knew, and, and that to me is tough love because yeah, if I said no, you would have given me my money back. You know, I mean, you're like, well, you probably would have given me only part. Again, tough love because I signed up. But the point is, is that you can see what some, you are so intuitive. You can see what somebody needs and we can't and you won't let it go until we perform because you can see how far we can go where we can't and you push us and it's a it's it's a gentle ish push i mean it's hard to articulate because you just you see in us what we can't see and you don't let it go it's it's nice to know for me that's how i like to be coached i like being pushed. I don't like nice sugary. I don't even like nice sugary words. And if, if that's what you want, obviously you're not the coach for people, but you have those. I remember sitting in your office one time and just, you're like, just cry it out. I was hysterical over something. And I know it was small because I could see your eyes going, okay, she just needs to cry this out. But then after that, you didn't just let the, the session go to be, oh, are you okay now? Are you okay? You're like, okay, you're done move on. What's next? And had me work through some issues I had, work on some goals, reminded me of sleep because I hadn't gotten that sleep. And you were like, hey, if you don't get your sleep, I am not going to continue to work with you. And that's what I mean by tough love. You don't let us off the hook. We say we're going to do something, you follow up. I mean, with a little text or a little voxer, whatever. And you're like, oh, shit, she really isn't going to let me off the hook. And I love that. I breathe, I sleep, I create. And really that has to do with you pointing all that out. If I hadn't met you, you know, if I hadn't been in Elaine's chair, had the right questions to ask her on where to go, you know, I'd still be that A type, not breathing, not sleeping and hysterical and never crying. Now I cry. Yeah. That's what I want to ask you about. Now. I, I, I completely forgot, but I absolutely need to ask you about that. When I met you, 
you were a, a tough cookie. You know, you like did your work, you got your stuff done. And even to the things that you didn't necessarily want to do or see the importance of like sleep, you were like, well, okay, then I'm going to do it. You know, like, let's go, let's do this, which I loved until I took you to Kenya. Can you describe briefly what that experience was like for you? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm probably going to cry again, but okay. Um, <laughs> going to Kenya was amazing. And we, we went to a place where, where you have close ties to and brought us to a school where unfortunately something horrible had happened where one of the buildings had been not torn down, but pushed down. Bulldozed. Um, yeah, it was bulldozed over. You're right. Yeah. And these kids, they were just so happy. I mean, we could talk for hours on this, but I'll try to get to the, the heart of it. They really didn't have much. And they were so happy and they wanted to learn. Like we saw them in their school, in their classrooms, all ages. And so many different things happened. And that on top of uh, combined with just being there and seeing just so many people jammed in one place and how they live hut to hut and it's muddy and just all this stuff. And I'm worried about, you know, did I bring enough sweaters and or t-shirts or whatever, you know, did I have the right shoes? And it broke, it broke my heart. It cracked my heart wide open. And then it, it led me to, you know, flashback to my life in the States and what I'm doing, you know, with the people around me and what I do for work and all that. And it just, it cracked my heart right open and, and just those kids were so amazing. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that whole thing with the water tower and yeah, it cost, I don't remember the amount of money, but it was basically what all of us had in our pockets to, to put together to give them water for the next three days or something. And it just, I'm like, I am all about the wrong stuff. I need to recalibrate and rethink things. And that trip was amazing. It's still the screensavers on all my computers and phones and everything. Oh, really? So yeah, well, I want to go back. I want to go back. When are we going? I was just going to say, as soon I'm pounding on the desk, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we possibly can, once, you know, post coronavirus, um, when the world opens up a little bit more, we will yeah, be. I can't happy. wait. I can't I wait. Can't. It is the greatest thing to go from seeing everybody living in one square mile, a million people to going to the safari where all the animals are just so spread. I mean, it just, it's a minute after minute of dichotomies. It's just crazy. It's crazy. That is such a great way to describe it. Yeah. I love that. It is truly a big dichotomy, all of those little things. Oh my gosh. Well, Sandy, this has been absolutely awesome. Thank you once again for joining me on the Lucrative Society. Thank you. It was a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Lucrative Society on iTunes. And please leave a review of the podcast. Visit lucra.com for transcripts and resources or to become a member of the Lucrative Society, where I coach purpose-based entrepreneurs on business, mindset, and heartset. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.